This week's episode of Legend in My Spare Time is dedicated to the memory of Mike Big Money McKiernan. Mike was a fellow professional independent wrestler and a good friend to anybody in the Ontario wrestling scene, the PWA and Magnificent Championship Wrestling. And also, he was good to me when I first started in the wrestling business. I was shocked to hear of his passing recently. just wanted to take the moment to say, Mike, thanks for everything, and I can only hope that they had a wrestling ring up there ready for you. So this week's episode is dedicated to Mike, Big Money, McKernan. Legend in My Spare Time contains themes and subjects that may not be suitable for everyone listening. If you're easily offended, we suggest you get your podcast on elsewhere. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode <clears throat> 69, dudes. <laughs> Legend of my spare time. It's your boy, Matt Lees, back fresh in the UK, back from Majorca, Spain. My guest this week, as you heard, Mr. J.J. Hawkins of Mars Needs Podcast. Thank you for being here with us again, sir. Hola. Hola, señor. Dos cerveza, por favor. <laughs> I drank a lot of sangria in uh, Spain, folks. Nice. A lot, a lot. It was beautiful. It was a little bit expensive, but uh, we're gonna just kick. We're just gonna kick right into this this week because I got some venting to do. Go for it. Now, I'm gonna choose my words very carefully because we do have British listeners. But my visit to Spain was the only time in my entire 30 years of life that I've almost been ashamed to be British. Because the people and the quality of person that travels to Spain and specifically Majorca are an embarrassment to Britain. Uh-huh. And uh, I mean, like they and it's not just the kids, it's adults that get stupidly drunk, are acting belligerent, are letting their kids run wild around the streets and literally causing the Spanish people to look at us with with shame and hatred saying, look at these stupid Brits. It was horrible. Like it was a fantastic trip except for the British people. It was horrible, JJ horrible. Well, what I would ask you then is when you left Canada, did you, uh, did you happen to take any maple leaf patches so you can just do like, uh, all of us ashamed Americans do and just put the patch on your back and say, I'm Canadian. eh?" I'm Canadian. I'm not, I'm not British or American. I'm Canadian. eh?" Yeah. No, so I was in a weird world because I didn't want them to think I was British because they were judging the British. Right. I also didn't. I also didn't want them to think that I was American because you know that that's a you know apparently in parts of Europe they don't like America. Yeah. But of course, what I what I I then rolled around the entire week in a sleeveless shirt and uh, my last visit to Weller and the boys in Iowa, I actually had the state of Iowa tattooed on my arm. Oh shit! 
Uh, it was sort of a tribute to uh, to Weller for coming to get me and for having my back, and to all the guys there, Zach and company, for you know being sort of like my surrogate family when I felt homeless. Right. So my tribute to them was to get the state of Iowa tattooed with a star for Waterloo, which is where they're from. So essentially, those guys will always be with me. That that's so, cute, but yeah, it does sort of mean that you know you can't play the I'm not American card. No, definitely not. But uh, honestly, the the behavior of these British people, the first thing I noticed was the children not listening to their parents, screaming, you know, knocking things over, doing whatever they wanted. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why aren't these parents controlling their children? Then you get to one, two, three o'clock in the morning and you hear these noises, these ruckuses in the in the building, in the like the apartment hotel we were staying at. People running up and down the hallway screaming, people outside by the pool, outside of people's balconies screaming. And it's not kids. It's not teenagers. It's fully grown adults so drunk that they're belligerent. They're screaming. They're screaming at each other with no regard for anybody who's trying to do anything else other than be a drunken prick. And it was driving me crazy. I waited the first couple of days being nice. By the third night, I was out on the balcony telling people to shut up, calling them ignorant pricks. And honestly, it was the only time I ever felt ashamed of being British. A little bit. You know what I mean? I, I completely know what you mean. And uh, this might sound weird because uh, I'm not somebody who necessarily likes to feel pleasure in other people's pain. But it kind of I have to admit, it does kind of make me feel good to hear you say this because, you know, I, I, I've talked about it on my show. I don't think your listeners necessarily know, but uh, I grew up in Mississippi which is, you know, considered the like redneckiest part of of the United States. And so, you know, if the United States is already kind of considered, you know, the white trash capital of of the world anyway, and then I grew up in the white trash part of the white trash area. Mm -hmm. Uh it's kind I mean it's it it did me some good when I moved out of the south to find out that uh that there are horrible people and rednecks everywhere. It's kind of like, um, I think it was the comedian David Cross who said that it doesn't matter where you're from. You can spot that redneck accent. Mm-hmm. You know, so you'll hear people that are like, yeah, I, I just watched a, a NASCAR race. What do you mean? I'm from, sound like I'm from Texas. No, I grew up in, you know, uh, I grew up in Scottsdale, Arizona. You know, it just, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where you're from. That accent sort of is pervasive everywhere. And, yeah. but it's kind of nice to know in a way that those horrible stereotypes that are that are you know projected upon my uh, country and region are 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 universal. Yes, definitely universal. And there's something about certain British accents that sounds so, shall I say, common and so I guess hickish in its own British way. Right. That the behavior of these people was just embarrassing. I don't know how they look at each other and like how they look at themselves in the mirror. You know, it was just so embarrassing. And my other, my other beef with the entirety of the trip was, I think, similar to the states uh, here now for restaurants, bars, pubs, they have the no smoking bylaw. Right. Yeah. You know, so you can't smoke in restaurants. You can't smoke in public places. Well, they don't have that in Spain. Ah. So it seems like the British people that are now used to the fact that here they can't smoke pretty much anywhere, they're on vacation now, so they're going to make up for it. So it's, you know, it's as if they, it's, it was almost as if they were teenagers who didn't have to hide it from their parents anymore, so they're literally just going to chain smoke. Everywhere, every single restaurant, pub, people beside you, they'll be at the table right beside you. They'll finish their dinner. They don't care that your dinner is right in front of you. They'll light up cigarettes one after the other, after the other, after the other. And let me just say, because sometimes on this podcast I get myself in trouble, 
I fully respect people's rights to make their own decisions. You want to be a smoker? That's cool. Right. That's fine. That's your decision. It's your right, as they would say. Right. I used to smoke. Well, then, then, then that, and at that time, that was your right to do so. Yeah. But it was also, it's also my right and the right of children around me and my family to not have to breathe in secondhand smoke at all, let alone while I'm trying to eat dinner. Right. I mean, I think the, the laws here in Oregon now are not only can you not smoke like in a public place, but you can't smoke within of like, I think it's like 10 feet of an open door. Yeah. And I think it's a similar thing in Canada. Um, and I think honestly, that's the way it should be. Yeah. I'm, I'm perfectly um, I, okay with that. I guess it's easy for me to say because I've never, I've never been a smoker. I lost a grandfather to lung cancer. So I guess it's sort of easy for me to have a beef with it. But it seems like they are, in general, just such selfish individuals that would do that. And that I seem to think that even if I was a smoker, I would never light up next to a family eating dinner. No, because, I mean, I know that uh, back when I was a smoker and, uh, you know, and it, it was a period of time that that only, it was only a couple of years for me. Uh, but uh, I, my big thing was I smoked in my car and I always felt like that was my own that was my own business. Yeah, absolutely. That is your own business. Um, but it seemed like everywhere in Spain, every corner, every turn was just crowds of people smoking. I've never been so tired of the smell of smoke in my life. Yeah. And my parents said the same thing. And it was everywhere. Of course, in the hotels, every restaurant, they bring you an ashtray right away. And you just got – you almost start to resent the people because you're just like, this is disgusting. So it also led to me yelling at an old lady at the airport, JJ. <laughs> yeah. So basically – well, it started right at the beginning. As soon as we arrived at the resort, we uh, we arrived on a huge bus. So, of course, there's a massive lineup to get into the hotel. Right. So to, like, register to sign in. So people are literally in, you know, we're like cattle. There's just a massive lineup, and all the people around us light up cigarettes immediately, including this old couple that my parents and I decided to call the Clampets. <laughs> <laughs> so every time we saw them during the week, we would start humming the, you know, the Hillbillies song, the Beverly Hillbillies theme. Um, and um, basically they, you know, lit up cigarette after cigarette after cigarette. Uh, she was the, they were the kind of people that feel like they have the right to get in front of you. So they're going to kind of rush that extra little bit just to get in front of you in the lineup. You know, those kind of people. Exactly. So it's go ahead. Oh, I said exactly. Sorry. Yeah. So it's the last day. It's now it's the last day of the trip and, uh, we have to essentially wait for a bus, take a bus ride, uh, arrive at the airport, get on another bus and, you know, check into the check in for your plane home. So basically every time we stop, so now we're in it, we're waiting for the bus and we're all loading in our luggage. Everybody is smoking. So while we're trying to put in our luggage in this little huddle of 20 people, you're inhaling cigarette smoke. The second the bus arrives at the airport, you're trying to get your luggage out. Everybody's smoking, including the Clampets. Uh, so like literally this was the worst time. Literally my dad and I were both unable to breathe almost. There was such a cloud of smoke. So then we get into the airport. Now, uh, my listeners will know that I'm sort of a curmudgeon. Sometimes I'm a little bit grumpy. And uh, it was late. I wanted to go home. I hadn't been sleeping because, you know, all the ignorant fuckers in the hotel that wouldn't shut up in the middle of the night. So I hadn't really gotten a full night's sleep. As beautiful as the trip was, don't get me wrong, we really had a great time. There was just certain pockets of things that bothered me. So now it's late. We get into the lineup to check in for our plane. There's a massive sign that says Bristol, which is where we were flying to. The lineup is full of people that not only were on our bus, but were at our resort, were at the bus to the resort, and had seen each other throughout the entire week at some point because we're all on the same resort. 
So Mrs. Clampett decides to go walking directly past us and says to her husband, no, no, the line for Bristol is up here. As she looks up the line with, like I said, people that she's seen around the resort for a week. And I said, yeah, this is the line for Bristol and we're all in it too. And the end of the line is that way. Hmm. To which to which my mom says, shh, be quiet, be quiet. And I, you know, at that point I was like, some people just need to fucking learn. Yes, they do. So I raised my voice. I said that to her. I'm sure she said it to herself, fucking American yelling at me. Hmm. And uh, so she didn't look at me. She didn't say anything. But she escorted herself to the back of the line and got in line with her disgusting husband and waited her turn. So essentially, that was me losing my shit at the airport. That's fair. That's actually, I would say that's not losing your shit. I'd say that's just standing up for your own, your own rights. That's right. And if I wouldn't have been standing with my parents, I think there would have been more involved, but I didn't want to embarrass my mother. I understand. Moms have that ability to make you calm down. Exactly. But I was just so tired of it by, by then. I was so tired of human ignorance that I was just, no, because she knew there's no way she didn't know that the beginning of the line was, wasn't where she was standing. Yeah, because I mean, every once in a while, I mean, I think we've all had that experience where you're like, oh, this is not that bad a line. And then all of a sudden you realize that the line turns a corner or something that you didn't see. Mm-hmm. And then the line becomes way bigger. I mean, that happened to me actually this year at Dragon Con. My friend Jason and I were, were on our way to this, this quiz show where it had like some of the guys from the Venture Brothers and stuff. And, uh, you know, so I, we, you know, we bounced up about a half hour before the show and we we're like, oh, the line's really short. And they're like, no, the line's back there. And then we realized that the line went all like all the way around the building mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, well, this really short line is this really massive line. I mean, that happens. And then you just sort of look sheepish, sheepish and you walk away. But mm-hmm. no, most of the time, yeah, that's just somebody being ignorant. Yeah, and you know it, it continued after that because even when we got into departures and then had to line up for the plane, she attempted to walk right to the front of the line. Oh, and boy. it's just like, how do you how do you go through life without somebody calling you the C bomb? <laughs> yes. Like if I wasn't with my mother, I dread to think. Actually, no, I don't dread to think, but I can't imagine what I would have said because I was just done at that point. Right. And so then we get onto our plane, which uh, we took one of like the uh, the, the discount airlines. Uh, and one of the things about the discount airline is you don't get assigned seating. You essentially get in line, you check in, then you go for boarding, and you essentially pick your seats where you find them. Right. It's kind of like uh, so, Southwest does that here in the States. Yeah, exactly. So And then what happened was the Clampets decided they needed to go for another cigarette before they checked in. So we're way ahead of them in the lineup way ahead of them so we get onto the plane we find three seats together for me and my parents there are three empty seats in front of us and guess who sits right in front of us of course they do of course they do the clampets sitting directly beside me to my right crying baby number one sitting in the seat directly behind me crying baby number two and my parents were laughing at me so hard because they could probably just see the rage boiling over in me and the 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 emotion of like why me what did I do to deserve this? I hate my life right now. Hmm. So essentially the entirety of this two-hour flight, we had babies crying. We had the clampets complaining. And as soon as the plane was in the air, they purchased from the stewardess or the air hostess. I'm not sure which one is the correct one. Uh, the electronic cigarettes, the smokeless ones. Right. And the entire time they're puffing on these smokeless cigarettes. And they just look so... I guess pathetic would be offensive, but they just look so pathetic. 
Oh no! Okay. Offend, offend. Empathetic's not that not that strong. <laughs> no, I just I can't imagine letting something so little control your life. But I guess it's hard for me, like my parents and I discussed, because I've never been addicted to anything. So it hard it's hard for me to understand the concept of this one thing runs my life. Like everywhere I go, I need to know when's the next time I can have one. When's the last time I had one? When do I need to buy another pack? I can't imagine the concept of being that addicted to something. Then again, I'm somebody who has an iPhone 4 in my pocket, and I check Facebook probably every 20 minutes. Right. Yeah, so, it is similar. Yeah, and as soon as I get into an airport or a restaurant, do you have Wi-Fi? Hey, do you have Wi-Fi here? So I, I guess it's sort of similar. The only difference being when I'm on Facebook on my phone on Wi-Fi, I'm not affecting anybody else's life. Yeah, well, they don't think they are either. Um, you know, most peop- most smokers uh, don't really think about where uh, where the smoke goes. You know, as long as as long as long as they're okay. Yeah, which is definitely the concept of this selfishness that they seem to exude everywhere they go. Yeah, I, I just happen to have been a uh, a smoker who didn't really like cigarette smoke. Which is part of why, you know, like I always, you know, I would always, when I did smoke, I'd go outside or smoke in the car because those were both, you know, I'd roll down the windows and stuff because I wanted air. You know, mm-hmm. I, I liked, um, I liked the physical effect that smoking had. You know, I liked the the kind of buzz that I got, but I did, but I don't like cigarette smoke. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, that was it. This week for me was overkill for yeah. cigarette smoke to the point that I was bitter. I was angry about it. I just. I'm sure I was giving people stink eye without even being able to stop myself. Hmm. And I wanted to start telling people just like, just put it out. Just put it down. That's enough. You don't need a third one. Okay. It's been three minutes. Just put it down. Yeah. And you go, do you know how much those things cost a fucking pack? Yeah. How can you even afford that? You you fucking white trash idiot. Oh, I tell you how they can afford it because they don't dress their kids in new clothes. They don't take care of their hygiene. They don't dress themselves in new clothes. That's how they afford it. Yeah, well, I don't own that Monday new clothes either. No, me and you both, my friend, but you know what I mean. I'm just trying to take shots at them now. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, But let me go the other way with that because I really had a great time. Spain is beautiful. Even in October, it was nice and warm. I got a sunburn. I sat on the beach and drank sangria and saw lots of topless ladies, and not all of them were hideous. There you go. I mean, get to, I, we talked last time about how here in Wales, when it gets sunny, the guys get their nipples out. Right. Well, in Spain, the ladies get their nipples out. And let me say, it's a little more enjoyable. Well, yeah. Then again, I did see some really, really old haggard women with their tits out. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, that's fine. They, they, they have every right. I know they do, but it doesn't mean it looks pretty. No, but you can still kind of go rock on, you know? I guess, I guess so, because I was walking around with my shirt off, and I don't do that. Yeah, oh, I don't either. Um, I also don't uh, take my um, – well, because we we've already been bitching about smokers. I also don't walk barefoot on the beach because essentially you're walking in their ashtray, in my opinion, because every three steps I see cigarette butts in the sand. Oh, that's gross. See, that's – I know. That is actually, I'm, I think, probably the thing that bugs me the most nowadays about smokers is that you know, you'll see somebody smoke. Like let's say they have like a Starbucks cup like a paper cup in their hand and a cigarette, they'll throw the cigarette butt on the ground and not even think twice about it, but they'll throw the, the coffee cup into a trash can. And you're yeah. just kind of like, that's all trash. All of it. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And I mean, the cigarette butts on the beach has been something that's bothered, plagued me since I was a child. My mom said, and my very youngest, because I've always, always disliked it. Uh, if she would put me on the beach in bare feet, I would scream. 
Yeah. Uh, and now as an adult, I cannot bring myself to walk without sandals on the beach because you're literally just walking in cigarette butts. You go in the water, there's cigarette butts. I mean, not not millions of them or anything, but enough that it takes it away from me. And I'm like, I don't want to walk barefoot because there's cigarettes every three feet. Uh, I, if you took away walking barefoot on the sand, that would take away one of my one of my life's great pleasures. I love that feeling. See, I hate it. I can't stand it. And I think it's just because subconsciously I know that as, even from a kid – there's going to be cigarette butts everywhere and I just can't deal with it. I can't handle it. And for me, it seems like they take that portion of it away from me, which is another part of the whole selfish thing. It doesn't bother them as a smoker to see a cigarette butt in the sand, but as a non-smoker, it would bother you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I had that taken away from me as a kid. Cause I remember when I was very, very young, uh, my parents used to, uh, we lived in a, for a while, we lived in a very small town called, uh, Spring Hill, Louisiana, where, uh, these, these, the parents would all come together in this one neighborhood and they would like gather their, their, uh, chairs into like a, you know, like lawn chairs, no circle. And they would just hang out and smoke and drink beer. And they would always just kind of flick their cigarettes into the grass. And of course, all us kids, you know, it, it was, you know, Southern summers. So we all ran around, you know, basically naked and barefoot and, uh, cause it was hotter than hell. And what happened is you'd be like, be playing in the grass or something. And then you would step on a lit cigarette. Mm. And I can tell you to this day what it feels like to step on a lit cigarette. Surprisingly, it feels icy cold. Yeah. That's see for me, that would be traumatizing as a child. Yeah. Like it would just, I don't know what it is. I've always, always had this problem with it. So that would have just absolutely traumatized me. Yeah, it's, it's weird because it feels icy cold when it happens and then it burns the next day. Like, you know, like when you get a burn on your hand. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't want to come off like I'm not grateful. Uh, I had a great time. It was really beautiful. A lot of the Spanish people were really nice. Um, but other than that, the British people ruined it for me, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the Americans do that for, uh, cause I know that, uh, like when my girlfriend was in Italy this summer, uh, she tried to go, they went to the Vatican as a group and she tried to go back one day by herself and mm-hmm. had a similar experience where these Americans made it so awful for her. They were so ignorant and they were so, uh, every stereotype of just being stupid that you could pop. Oh, and of course they were all like way overweight. Yeah. Um, which my girlfriend is not, she's a twig. And, uh, and so it just, she was so disgusted. She was like, I can't go into the Vatican this angry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so she just ended up going for a walk around Rome, but, but yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a shame when your, your countrymen just ruin everything. Yeah. And of course, one of the other tattoos I have on my forearm is the English crest. Oh, wow. So, so I can't be like, oh, I'm not one of these English people because I have English on one part. I have uh, the Welsh dragon on another part and I have an American, the state of Iowa on another part. So I just couldn't win. No matter where I went, I was going to get judged based on other people's behavior. Yeah. That's kind of interesting though. That means that you have uh, pretty much every place you've been tattooed onto your, your body except for Canada. That's true. Well, Canada is on the list of, uh, of things uh, I'm going to be getting tattooed because I'm in the process. I've actually met. Uh, I finally met the artist. Uh, we've had a few different discussions, and he's going to be the gentleman that's going to assist me in my uh, sleeves on both arms. Oh, you're getting sleeves? Yes, sir. You better go back to playing music. I know. That's you know, <laughs> right? I, uh, no, there's just I wanted so many tattoos for so long, and I've always heard you should kind of pick one guy and, you know. Right have that one guy work on you. Uh, unfortunately, I've never really met a guy that I totally gelled with and felt cool with. Uh, the first one I ever got was a gift from my uncle, which is the Welsh dragon right below my shoulder on my right arm. 
so I was young. I was terrified. I knew I wanted the Welsh Dragon. I don't really remember the guy. Um, but uh, for that one, I want to have uh, the outline of the maple leaf around that. Okay. And that would be the top of the sleeve for my right arm. Um, then, of course, I had the one done in Iowa and uh, the English crest, which is actually a memorial for my grandfather. It has the English team, the so- English soccer team's crest. Inside, it has the date uh, that he passed away. Nice. Um, now, that tattoo is very, I drew it myself when I was younger. Uh, some of the shading is not very good. Some of the lines aren't very good. So essentially what happened was I went into a, a tattoo shop here in Wales uh, and I showed it to the gentleman and I said, you know, should I want to get it either fixed or covered up and put on another part of my body. What do you think I should do? And he was the first artist that actually, in my opinion, took a minute to actually think about it. He looked at it. He uh, looked at the shaping and he said, do you want me to be honest or do you want me to? And I was like, be as honest as be as brutal as you want to be. And he pointed out some things in it that I've actually never noticed before. Like some of the lines are incredibly uneven. Some of the coloring is really blotched. Um, and he said, you know what? Let's not do anything. He's like, I've seen it. Let's both take a week and think about it. Come back and see me in a week. Okay. So, so it was cool that he wasn't like, listen, I have an appointment on Monday. You know, I want this much as a deposit. He said, go back, go away and think about it. Yeah. So I came back to him with another idea that I had had. And he gave me the reasoning that he thought that would be tough to do. And then he gave me the idea that he had had which is actually really cool. He said um, uh, he wanted to do, he said the best way, because the shape of it is a, is a crest, like a shield. Um, and he said the first thing that I thought when I went back and thought about it was to put the shield as the bottom of a flame. And he's like, have the flame start in dark shades of gray and black, therefore covering up the section that's there. And he's like, then we can have it move up into various colors. So essentially the flames are going to be moving up my arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I told him that, you know, I'm a comic book fan kind of a nerd and he said great we can totally do it whatever color scheme you want we can do it in green lantern style energy like the greens and the 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 greens and the purples like we can do it however you want to do it um and i just thought it was really wicked that i actually trusted him and that he actually took time to think about the art on my body not just what do you want to get and where do you want it yeah that is that is nice and he was honest enough to be like listen man he's like i honestly think if that's a memorial for your grandfather it deserves better. So let's put, let's cover that one. Let's fix that one. And let me redesign the memorial for your grandfather and we'll put it somewhere else and we'll do it right. That's cool. And I was just like, yeah, right on this guy. I like this guy. I like the sounds of this guy. And I discussed with him all the ideas that I have for my sleeves and he was great with them. Some of them he said, well, that'll be tough because of this other ones. He said, that sounds great. You know, I just felt really comfortable with him that he was able to be like, you know, that would probably work better on your outer arm, not on your inner arm. This one would probably look better here. And, uh, so I'm excited that over the next few years, I guess, I'll be essentially having this gentleman draw my arms, sleeve my arms. Very nice. And uh, one of the other ideas I have is to have uh, this famous, you know, fear, hate, le- what, hate, fear leads to anger, leads to hate, leads to suffering. Right. But I want to have it translated into Latin. And I want to have it put on so it looks like it's on old burnt parchment paper. And that's going to go on the back of one of my arms. That'll be very cool. Uh, I also want to have a guardian angel, but now here's the thing, because I'm not a I'm not a religious man at all. Right. It's for me, it's more of an ironic tattoo because for me, I feel there's just as much reason. Uh, we've, we're going under religion now, JJ. Are you okay with this? I'm fine. I, cool. I, I'm comfortable with my beliefs. Perfect. My my thing is, uh, I, anybody can believe whatever they want, but in my world, I have just as much reason to believe that there are races of aliens out there that built the pyramids and built Stonehenge. I have just as much reason to believe that as I do to believe that there's one higher power, there's one all-knowing God. 
So the guardian angel tattoo will be completely standard with the wings, the uh, the robes, all that, with the exception of the actual angel character is going to be an alien, your typical like gray, with a green tint in the skin, and this alien slash guardian angel will be holding a blue lightsaber. Okay. That's my idea for the tattoo. It's, I'm pretty excited about it, and he thought that was a really cool idea. Um, and no, like I, I said, for me, that's just kind of, you know. I, I happen to know where you can find a very nice alien face. I, You know what? No kidding. I thought of Jason immediately when because I, I was sitting on the beach uh, in Spain thinking about this idea, and I was like, you know, an alien head, kind of like the Mars Needs podcast logo. <laughs> because Jay, you're right. I mean, Jason drew a really fantastic-looking alien head. Yeah. So I'd be lying if I said I may not take my iPod into the artist and say, kind of like this alien right here. If you do that, though, you just have to promise me that uh, Jason gets a picture of it. Oh, of course. I mean, I would, I would actually uh, uh, email or write to Jason on Facebook and just let – I know he doesn't use Facebook very often. But I would at least send him a message of the decency saying like, hey, man, I'm getting a tattoo done that's kind of inspired by your alien head. Nice. Here's, the, here's the drawing the artist gave me. Very nice. Yeah, because he said he – what he's told me before is he just doesn't feel like he has anything to say. He reads it. So, yeah, if you, if you sent him a message, he'd get it. Yeah, um, exactly. And that's just the decency to be like, hey, man, it's kind of inspired by the head that you drew. And here's what it may look like when it's on my skin. Well, that's nice. That's better than the uh, what I was going to suggest, that you just get uh, one of your arms done in nothing but uh, uh, podcast logo ta- emblems. But, yeah, if you just do mine, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, just, not, just, not just the head of yours, an yeah. inspiration of the alien from your logo. Yeah, you can say that. I'm still going to say it's mine. <laughs> okay, that's cool because, you know, it'll really drive Zach crazy. Exactly, because because yeah, he, uh, you said he, uh, your angel will be holding a lightsaber instead of an, an old-fashioned microphone. Exactly. And really, it's not about the contest. It's about winning. (laughs) It's about winning, and you won this one, JJ. Sweet! Um, But then below that one, uh, same section on the arm as the Yoda quote, I want to have some kind of a play on words that I came up with myself that is something like, uh, for I know of no higher power to speak of, uh, something along those lines, I ask only for the power to protect myself and those that I love. That kind of thing, you know? So there's a lot of ideas floating around in my head. But I have fully, I have the concepts in full. It's just a matter of putting them all into, into uh, reality and having the artist even tell me sometimes, like, "Hey, man, that's kind of stupid." Right. Which I'm okay with. Yeah, I understand because I mean, I'm I'm kind of glad that when I was younger, I uh, okay. So I was when I when I was uh, like when I was of the age where I I had the cash to get tattoos because I had no responsibility, but I had jobs. Um. Uh, I, I was really convinced that, you know, in order to be a, you know, serious actor, capital A, that you couldn't be covered in tattoos. Cause that was the, that was the general belief when I was first, you know, learning how to do stagecraft and stuff is that you just, you never wanted to have tattoos because they would, you know, you would be limited in the jobs you could get. Mm-hmm. Of course, nowadays, you know, people have tattoos all the time. And it, you know, and it's so easy to cover them up that I, you know, I could have gotten all my tattoos when I was, when I was younger and had the cash to do it as opposed to now when I have, you know, the desire, but not the cash. Um, but I'm kind of glad because I know that I would have had a couple of tattoos that I probably would regret by now. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I Uh, I probably would have had so many Daffy Duck tattoos that it's not even funny. 
Yeah, exactly. I hear you. No, it's sort of like I don't regret the one, the memorial for my grandfather, although I kind of wish I would have put a little more thought into it and had a, a little more work done to it. Right. Which is why the concept of having it covered up and put somewhere else isn't, doesn't bother me because, you know, it's a great concept. It's a great idea, but it'll look much better if I let a real artist draw it, not with me drawing it myself, basically. I understand. Yeah. Cause I, I have been for the last couple of years, uh, have really wanted to, uh, my dad, uh, donated his body to science. So he has no marker on this planet. Mm. And I very much wanted to get a tattoo to, uh, you know, sort of give my father a marker. And of yeah. course, now as my mother has gotten very sick, I realize that, you know, maybe I'll put two dates on it at the same time. Right. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I haven't, yeah, it just, it just, yeah, t- it's expensive. It's, it's just stupid expensive. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I'm now in a position where I'm able to do that because right now I don't have any overheads. Uh, the way that housing works in the UK or in Wales specifically is you have to be on a waiting list anyway. No. Oh. So I could be waiting a year until there's even an availability for a place for me to get, excuse me, for me to get my own place. So in the meantime, I'm working. And so I want to get some of the tattoos done that I've wanted to have done for a few years because I've been living in the real world. So that's ridiculous. The only way you can move, at least into Wales, is if you have a friend. Sort of. Like, you have to go, you, you get put on, um, like, if you're a Welsh citizen and you go to them and say you're homeless, they will find you a home. Okay. Uh, you can go and rent privately, but that can be very, very expensive. So, essentially, you can register with the council or the local government, and they put you into, they can find you a place to live. And uh, essentially, the bonus by doing it that way as a UK citizen is, if I, God forbid, get laid off from my job... Uh, the government or the council then steps in and covers my rent for me while I look for a job. So you basically have socialist apartments. Sort of. Yeah, a little bit like that. That's kind of awesome. Kind of awesome indeed. And I mean, it doesn't mean that you're living in a crappy estate and they're all run down. Like, they take care of their houses. It seems here they take care of their people. So it just takes a little bit of time. So it's tough if you don't have anywhere else to live. But again, they won't let you be homeless. I'm lucky enough that I have somewhere to stay while I wait for that. So in the meantime, I'm going to work my arse off at the cell phone store because it's not the you mean Interpol anymore. Yeah, Interpol. Sorry, Interpol. Um, and uh, I'm going to get uh, I'm going to get tattooed. I'm going to get my new mixing board. You know, I need a new guitar. There's things that I'm able to do that when I was back in Canada would have taken me years to accomplish. I yeah, I understand. I, at my last job, I know this is you know not quite the same, but at my last job, I was tipped. And so my girlfriend and I have always had a deal that like your hourly pay is always, you know, that's, that's the money that we live off of, but tips because you can't depend on them. The tips is always just your own money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I do miss that because when I was a tipped, when I was a tipped employee, you know, it was quite easy to go. I think I want that new model of iPod. I need a new digital camera. I need, you know, whatever. And so I, I don't have that money to spend on myself anymore. <laughs> and so now, no. you know, now I go to like the game store and go, uh, that one's used, but it'll probably come down another five bucks in another month. I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I just before I left Canada, I was working in a pub as I talked about and I was getting tipped out at the end of every shift. And some days it'd be like 60, 70, 80, $90 a night. Yeah. And I was just like, this is insane. 
So if I could find myself in a position like that, I'd be sleeved by the end of the year. <laughs> exactly, because that's and then that's why we always treated uh, hourly, you know, hourly versus tips that way. Because you know how much you're going to make in an hourly wage. It's easy to to plan your bills around that, but you can never plan your ba- your bills around uh, around tip. Well, also. I don't know how things work there or in Canada. I know how they work in the United States, and luckily it doesn't work this way in Oregon. But like if you're a server, which I wasn't, but if you're like a waitress, uh, they can pay you half of minimum wage yep. because your tips are supposed to make up for it. And luckily that's not the, – they can't do that in Oregon. And I, as a restaurant worker, I don't believe in that anyway because too many crap jobs end up being thrust upon the waitstaff because they're cheap labor. Yeah. And I think that, you know, personally, it just really bothers me. Like if you like if you're a, a, a if you're a member of the wait staff and then you're told at the end of your shift to stick on another like 45 minutes that you're not able to earn tips, but they're able to pay you less, you know, just because they don't want, you know, one of their cooks that makes 11 bucks an hour or whatever to have to chop lemons. Yeah. And so, so that shit just bugs the hell out of me. But so anyway, when you get an hourly wage, it's easy. You know how much it's going to be so you can pay your bills. But, you know, you never know how much tips are going to be. No, never. And yet it's similar in Canada. There's a minimum wage and there's a server minimum wage because there's the tips. Yeah. Uh, however, here in the UK, they don't bother to tip, so it doesn't really happen. So that's why I didn't essentially pursue too difficultly uh, a job in food service other than maybe a cook, but there's no tip. They don't really tip here. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, I believe that that's kind of what it should. Uh, I'm not saying that you shouldn't get tipped, but I think that the idea of your wage being reduced to make tipping uh, sort of something that has to happen, you know, a tip should be just that. It should be like, hey, this was nice. I would like to give you extra money because you took care of me. Exactly. Not because I feel obligated. Right. Yeah. Well, then I mean, we talk about the scum of the earth and how self self-involved people are. So I'm sure most people don't feel that way anyway. Yeah. Well, people who don't tip are scum of the earth. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you, my good friend. Now, the reason I mentioned uh, cell phone stories, because something big happened today, being the 14th of October, September, October. Uh, This was funny because uh, it's October. It's funny because I work uh, across the street from an AT&T franchise. Uh huh. And so there was this big line, and everybody wondered what it was for. And it just—I so I won't say what you're about to say, but it was kind of funny because I was like, "Oh, come on! It's blatantly obvious what it is." But anyway. Yeah. Well, today, ladies and gentlemen, was the official release of the iPhone 4S, and otherwise me, known as the Steve Jobs Memorial. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so for me, I'm going to cue a musical interlude that will explain to you exactly how I feel about the release of the iPhone 4S. Everybody's got a price. Everybody's gonna pay. There it is, and for you, JJ, uh, what I played there was the entrance theme for the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. There you go. Which is money, 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 money. Because there's something about an iPhone and people just go crazy. Uh, yeah. So essentially uh, in my job, I make about five to six pounds for every iPhone I sell. Oh, you probably cleaned up today. You know, sadly we didn't. Uh. But – we did uh, – I mean we do have a whole bunch and we do expect to move them all. 
But uh, it's funny because we work in the town center where there's about four different cell phone stores. And uh, the other cell phone store just up the road from us had a lineup down the block. We did not have a lineup down the block. Oh. So, you know, but I mean, it's still, I mean, it's out. People are desperate for it. And uh, essentially, I'm going to get paid on it. That's nice, though. Yeah, it's very nice. Now, should we complain about the quality of the iPhone 4S now? Well, is it is it bad? I don't know. Well, it's not bad. I, I shouldn't have said quality. I mean, um, you know, they do this big, like, it's the brand new iPhone. Here's the differences. It's now a dual processor, so it's twice as fast. Right. Uh, it has a new thing. Uh, I think it's called ISIS. People are going to be cursing at me because I can't remember it now. It's a voice-activated voice kind of system. Right. Which is kind of clever because you can hit the button. I saw a video today. You can hit the button and say, I love you. And your phone says back to you, I bet you say that to all the cell phones. Because <laughs> that's something so, you need your cell phone to say. Yeah, that's amazing. Like you can hit the button and say, what's the weather like in New York City? And it will tell you. And then you can say, where is New York City? And it pulls up your Google map and shows it to you. Uh, is it something that requires somebody to make another massive purchase of another cell phone if they already have the iPhone 4? No. Well, if you're doing that anyway, you're a dumbass because, they, I mean, it, they're even calling it the, the iPhone 4S. You know it's not an iPhone 5. Uh, there is one other change they made that I do find kind of astounding, mm -hmm. and that it's uh, the iPhone 4 uh, could shoot in 780, no, 720, excuse me, and the uh, iPhone 4S shoots in uh, 1080. Yeah, and I did check that. I did play around with that today at work, and the video and the camera are amazing they look great but i mean the i the seven i mean do you really need 1080 between 1080 and 720 like well i don't have an iphone so no i don't need it no exactly <laughs> but i mean for pictures of your dog or well, your kids but see okay you know? here's the okay here's the thing though it, that that i think makes that amazing and why okay i don't you know you were talking about how you check your how you check facebook and everything uh with your phone and i purposely have a phone that I mean I could have internet on it but I don't because I I kind of feel like I I, I would be in danger of being that person and mm -hmm. I kind of you know I, I held off on having a cell phone until a couple of years ago just because I kind of like the feeling of being out of touch sometimes yeah and so I kind of you know I don't really think that I need the world in my pocket however the fact of the matter is with an iPhone you can have the world in your pocket you know, you're walking Literally. around with a piece of machinery in your pocket that can can do more than a computer could. You know, for our parents, when they were our age, you know, they would have a computer that filled an entire fucking room and ran off punch cards. And it <laughs> yeah. can't do half of what it can do in your pocket. So what the reason that I think that it's amazing that it shoots 1080p is, you know, just a couple of years ago when I was looking for a video camera that, you know, I, and I chose not to go with uh, a high def camera because I wanted better miking capabilities. However, if you have an iPhone 4S, you can shoot in you know, in amazing high def and it, it, it already has the ability to give you better miking capability. Yeah, and you can edit and add titles and music directly on the phone. So your phone can do more than I was looking at at like you know thousand dollar cameras. Yeah, I said oh absolutely. Like the the phone I had, the phone that I'm speaking to you on right now would blow the computer that I had in high school out of the water. Yeah, and so, yeah, you know, that's fucking.
fucking amazing. That's another thing too is the fact that you are on you're on an iPhone right now, right? Yes. You're, yeah, you're talking on a mic on an iPhone. I you know I'm talking through a Mac, so you know, <laughs> thank you, Steve Jobs. Uh, sorry, yes. you're dead. Uh, but. Um, <laughs> But uh, and Pixar is awesome too. But so the the, the fact that yeah, you, your phone now you're able to you know, for fucking free because you're on Wi-Fi, you're able to call the United States, and you know we're able to to talk about anything we want for an hour. And the fact that it's free. I mean, when I was a when I was a kid, my parents wouldn't let me call long like when we would move. My parents wouldn't let me call long distance because it cost too much. Yeah, exactly. And now you and I can talk for nothing. And so yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I do and don't want an iPhone. I admit, I don't want to pay a hundred bucks a month for one. <laughs> yeah, but they are, you know, they are like the the most wankable uh, <laughs> gizmo I've ever seen. Absolutely. And the other bonus about being in the UK is there are so many cell phone providers here that the pricing is so competitive that I'm getting an amazing deal for a quarter of what I was paying in Canada. And the internet plan that I have is all you can eat, which literally means unlimited. And it allows me to tether. So my boss at work told me about a customer a month ago whose total internet usage on his iPhone, because he was tethering, was 160 gigs. Can you tell me what tethering means? That's a term I don't know. Oh, tethering is essentially you use the USB cable on your iPhone, you plug it into your laptop, and your iPhone becomes a wireless router. Holy shit, really? Right. So, I mean, in places like the States or Canada where you don't have unlimited internet, that could be a problem. But here in the UK, the plan that we, the, the company that I work for offers is literally unlimited. So, if I'm, try, if I'm on a train going to England to visit Ollie to kick his ass at football, which I will very soon... I can plug the lap, the iPhone into my laptop, connect to the 3G network, use it as a wireless router, and use it for movies, TV shows, adult films. I can do whatever I want because I literally have unlimited that I can tether with. Okay. Uh, one other question then is, uh, you know, so we get you know all of the United States, but if we leave the United States, we have to pay roving and shit. So how big is your uh, how big is your area? Uh, the entire United Kingdom. Oy vey. And and not only that, J.J. Hawkins, but you can also use it as a personal hotspot, which means I can then turn it on as a wireless Wi-Fi router and, and allow four other people to connect and use unlimited internet. How uh, how how uh, decent a, of a signal do you get? If you have like if you have full bars and a full three G signal, it's great, and the speed is great. If you have lower, like if your signal's a little bit lower because you live at the bottom of a fucking mountain, right. Not as good, but I mean, it's one of those things that if you're in the, if you're in a clearing and you've got a great signal, we could literally all use our phones or our Wi-Fi devices and not have a problem. Wow. We could probably all be streaming videos. Doesn't even matter. And see, and that's why you know I think that technology is grand and frightening all in the same time. Yeah, I mean, the, the phone. The, there's no wonder these phones are valued at almost a thousand dollars because the things that they can do are incredible. The only problem is the way the market works, they depreciate their own value so fast because these things come up so fast. Yeah. That people are like, I'm not paying $800 for an iPhone. Yeah. And who could, who could blame them? Because if you sign a contract, you can get it for free. Mm-hmm. So then when somebody turns around and says, no, no, this phone is $800, they'll be like, fuck you. I'm not paying that. 
Exactly. Yeah. But it's worth every penny of that. If somebody would have come to URI when we were in high school and said, this phone right here, this thing right here, here's all the things it can do, $1,000, we would have tried to kill for that money. <laughs> Let's face it. When I was in high school, all they would have had to say is, this thing can bring you porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I mean, even just the the ramifications of the porn world. When we were younger, the amount of trouble we had to go to to get porn. <laughs> like you had to wait with your VCR until the dirty movies came on late at night. And then you got upset when it turned out to be fucking Bridges over Madison County or whatever it's called. And yeah. you're like, well, there's got to be boobs in that, right? No. No. And then there's the whole thing of like, you know, you find your parents porn and you just hope to God that your parents rewind because you really don't want to know uh, where uh, they stopped watching it. Yeah, that's a that's a Zach stand-up joke, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, that's one of his jokes he used to do in stand-up was, yeah, just, yeah, Zach, I'm stealing it, would be, you know, remember when you used to find your dad's porno tapes and you put it in and press play? That was the spot your dad came. Well, okay, well, I will say, Zach, congratulations. That's a good joke because the best jokes are ones that uh, that are, are omni- uh, sort of universal, and I, I can relate to that. I, I had a very similar experience <laughs> and a similar re- uh, revelation. <laughs> Oh, it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I mean, because the thing is, I mean, sure, everybody's had that happen with like a roommate or whatever, but it's much worse when it's your parents. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, I, 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 would, yeah. I wouldn't know because we're not discussing that. Yeah, of course. Well, you're <laughs> living with your parents right now. You don't want to. Yeah. But see, technology has made that all so much better. Our kids won't have to suffer the, uh, the horridness of knowing our porn because we don't really own physical porn anymore. That's right, and we just don't want to know. You know, the thing about porn that starts to twist my mind, though, as you know, as sometimes deranged as I am, is I hope I don't have a daughter, man, because I can't be surfing the world of porn later on in life and have a kid out there. Because could you imagine being a father who finds a video on some dirty porn site and it's your daughter? Uh, well, it's better to realize it's your daughter right away than to realize your daughter, it's your daughter. Like when, like if it doesn't, if it starts out and it's not uh, a face shot, uh, <laughs> you just made it worse, JJ. There you go. Yeah. It's much worse if you're like, you know, halfway through or, or done. And that's when it shows her face for the first time. Uh, I'd probably end my own life. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good time to just check out of the hotel life. <laughs> Yeah, like I've had enough. That's it. I don't need it. I don't need to see. I don't don't need to see anymore. As Weller told me when I had him in the dirty hooker dead hotel room, thanks for showing me the lowest of lows, my friend. You're welcome. Because <laughs> yeah. believe me, nobody, no, no father who's not a creep uh, ever wants to go. My daughter has a very nice ass. <laughs> oh yeah, Hulk Hogan. We're looking at you, sir. Ew. Yeah, or that Lohan guy. Yeah, oh, it's gross. Or even um, Billy Ray Cyrus, Miley Cyrus's dad did the whole, you know, she did the video with the stripper pole, and somebody asked him if he was okay with that, and he's like, yeah, she's hot. You know, I'm sure that I'm, I'm sure I'm not directly quoting him, but it was something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, yeah, you, you can almost, it, it, yeah, it's even hard for me to get the words out, excuse me. You can almost forgive that a little bit in the fact that that almost sounds a little flippant. flippant. Mm. But yeah, no, no, yeah, I, I, I would not. I don't really want kids anyway. But yeah, right. you're right. The the responsibilities that come along with with having a daughter are just daunting. If I have a daughter, I'm going to go to jail for murder. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much how I feel. But I don't. I don't know that I want children either. But I, I'm pretty sure if I had a daughter, I'd end up going to jail at least for assault. 
Or yeah. for uttering death threats. Yeah, because the thing is, I mean, I, I know that my girl is, she can take care of herself in, in, in any situation, so I don't have to, to worry about her. But the idea of, of having uh, like a daughter that, you know, especially a daughter that's not, you know, fully ready to go out into the world and they're going to want to go out into the world anyway. You know, the, by the time you had a daughter that's like somewhere around 15, 16, I mean, yeah, it, it would. Yeah, it'd be hard. It'd be hard. I mean, even I'm a I'm a, you know, pacifist who doesn't believe in firearms, but I'd probably go out and buy a rifle just so you can do that. Exactly. Stere- that stereotypical thing where you're cleaning your rifle when the boyfriend comes over. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, look how fucked up our world is, JJ. Could you imagine if either of us had a daughter and by the time she got to 18? Yeah. Like it's it's terrifying. We won't even understand the world right then. And we're pretty together guys right now. Yeah. Like it, oh, it's so I don't know how people can bring kids into this world. It's so scary. I mean, I'm glad that they do because it keeps the population going. Mostly, I'm glad that they do. But, you know, it's just terrifying. And I don't think I could handle having a daughter, especially. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it's too much. Thanks for thanks for blowing my mind there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I don't mean to get personal with his family, but Penthouse Lenny Lilac has a daughter. Okay. And God forbid, if any man ever crosses that daughter, he'll disappear. Yes. I'm not saying anything about his lifestyle, his friends. No, I'm not making any comment at all. All I'm saying is, God forbid any man that ever mistreats that beautiful little girl, because they'll disappear. Let I, me just leave it at that. Yeah, I, yeah. No, there are still there are still hungry pigs in this world that will that will make sure the remains disappear. That's right. And I mean, hey, maybe he'll be totally accepting if the guy's a good guy and he comes over and says, "Mr. Penthouse, it's a pleasure to meet you. I plan to treat your daughter with the utmost of respect." Then so be it. That's fantastic. But if he isn't a good guy, so long, sailor. You're in big fucking trouble. Let me tell you right now. If somebody came up and said, "I, I you know, I, I want to treat your daughter right and with respect," I'd probably stab him in the gut right then because I'd know he was lying. It's true. But like, listen, sir, you have a penis. <laughs> I have a penis. I'm going to kill you. Yes. <laughs> I know exactly what you're thinking, sir. Because I said this to a girl. When I was dating her in high school, I told her father I had the best of intentions. Yeah. No, what I want is I would want my girlfriend – or my, excuse me, not my girlfriend. If my girlfriend came home with a with a boyfriend, I'd be freaked out. Uh, <laughs> if I'd, I, help you, I'd help you kill him though. <laughs> thank you. But I, yeah. no, I would want my daughter to come home with someone who was like scared to look me in the eye, uh, didn't talk much. You know, mm-hmm. somebody who was who was terrified of standing, uh, you know, getting out of line. That because that's kind of where I was, and I know that 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 kid's too scared to make a move first. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know what you could do is you could have a massive map on your say your office wall and put little pins on the world map of people like everywhere you know online friends, and you'd say, "Hey, Mister Hawkins, what's all these markings on the map?" And you'd be like, "That's all the places in the world I know people." <laughs> this is where you can't hide from me. Exactly, which is anywhere. So you just be careful and you treat her with respect. But that's okay. This is a moot point. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to have kids and I'm not going to have a daughter, so we're okay. Yeah. No, nobody has to die. Yeah. You're welcome, world. I didn't yeah, propagate, you're, you're, so you don't have to die. <laughs> exactly. You're welcome, world. And uh, what, what did I want to talk about? We talked about... Uh, we talked about well, Spain. This, yeah, we talked about Spain and you brought up Steve Jobs and I was going to talk about the whole... Because even I put on my Facebook, you know, a visionary rest in peace kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I was listening to Joe Rogan. You ever listen to the Joe Rogan experience? Not terribly. Uh, he kind of grates on my nerves. Really? See, me, I um, I don't know what it is. I think it's the, the fact that he is so open to anything. Right. 
you know, like he'll do two or three a week. The first one will be with the UFC fighter. The next one will be with Giorgio Sukalos, who is one of the guy, one of the producers of the TV show Ancient Aliens. Like he'll give anybody the chance to come on and talk about their ideas. Right. And he was talking about, listen, I have an iPhone in my pocket. I love Apple products, but Steve Jobs ran a company in which their plants have suicide nets. You know, right. and their employees sleep on cots and make the most disgusting wages possible. Right now, here's because I've heard a lot of that come up since he passed away. Okay, yeah. here's, uh, yes, the the thing about the suicide nets that's terrible, and I do wish that business in general would not run that way. It does, um, but as far as you know, as far as his actual legacy. You look at you look at what a, a, the man has done, um, and nobody who has who's achieved anything is necessarily going to have a spotless record. However, um, what other person can you think of that is you know his ideas are responsible for changing the music industry? You know, there's no doubt that iTunes has not you know it was the it was the first thing that came along that understood how the music industry was changing. Um, and you know, it was the first, uh, the first company to really get on board, uh, to, to, you know, to, to, to be at the forefront of where music was going, uh, in the realm of film, he took, uh, something that George Lucas was annoyed with and was, you know, George Lucas thought, yeah, maybe we'll make commercials and said, no, this is an amazing technology that I would f first, he wanted to put it on his computers and then realized they could make a film out of it. And, you know, and he's, so he's the reason that, uh, Pixar made toy story. You know, true. and then there's the fact that, you know, he is also the person who back when no, you know, like we were saying back when computers were rooms with punch cards and stuff said, you know, eventually everybody is going to have a computer in their home and it's going to be more powerful than what any of us can have any idea of what they're going to be now. Yeah. And yeah. we all thought he was, everybody thought he was crazy. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, yes, there are some things of his legacy that are, you know, like you said, are, are not exactly what I wanted, but the reason that you and I are able to sit in our houses or talk on our iPhones or whatever, and put our thoughts out, out there into the world is because, you know, because iTunes became a congregate for us to be able to put our ideas on. Cause that's the other thing too, is iTunes doesn't, I mean, they say they, they, you know, check things for content and stuff. But the thing that's the most amazing thing about iTunes is the fact that anyone who wants to submit something to it can and put it on its marketplace. So we're able to have a spot where anyone in the world can find our podcasts mm -hmm. and can listen to our random thoughts. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, and it's that's because uh, you know of the the kind of like proletariat nature of you know someone who did believe in net neutrality, and you know believe that the ideas you know that your ideas and my ideas are just as important as you know say uh, Mark Maron and and Chris Hardwick and you know these people who have uh, and uh, Kevin Smith these people who have money to do it. Yeah, and so we we can do it on our own. So, you know, I, I refuse to be one of these people that's just going to, you know, you know, shit on him now that he's dead and, you know, then because it's easy to take pot shots, 
you know, you don't have to necessarily canonize him because I think that's that's probably what's going to happen in a few years. Is that a lot of the you know a lot of the fact that he was kind of a kind of a douchebag conservative and had strong. Uh, strong, uh, strong beliefs in you know how companies should work and everything. And I think a lot of that's going to be forgotten, and people are just going to remember him as this like uh, you know, visionary in a black tank, a turtleneck. But you know, yeah. he he did you know he moved technology forward. Yeah, he definitely did. I mean, it's like you were saying. Uh, I leave Canada, travel across Europe, and my listeners or friends or anybody who cares to listen can literally keep track of me. Yeah, with, with audio diaries, and that's because Steve Jobs thought of it that way. Steve Jobs wanted it to be that way. Man, I mean, there were podcasts out there, you know, but in order to have had to had to be heard, you know, you would have to set up. You could set up your own website, and then, but then people would have to then somehow find you, and that's where and that's where iTunes becomes, you know, incredibly convenient because you have this this like aggregate that can, you know, that everybody can go through, and you can just flip through and go, "What the hell is that? That looks interesting." Yeah, and then you usually listen for three minutes and go, not so interesting. Right, because let's face it, ninety nine percent of podcasts suck. <laughs> You're yeah, I agree. I mean, I, it's funny because there's this whole world out there, but we each, I'm sure you're the same way that I am, who's the same way that Zach is, the same way as everybody. You have your six, seven, or eight tops that you absolutely love and you listen to. Sometimes it's like our man crush talk. Sometimes you switch them out for somebody else. Yes. But you do get your certain ones that you pick and you stick with. And recently for me, it's been the Joe Rogan one, which I've just been obsessed with. Not obsessed with listening to, but just fascinated because there's so many different people involved in that show. And I think I just totally respect how open-minded he is. Right. Much like I've totally started obsessing with uh, Radio Rashi, which is Paul Dini, uh, who's the writer who created the, uh, the Batman the Animated Series. Right. And, you know, you follow, he has ties back to like, uh, Hanna-Barbera and, you know, just amazing like history of animation. So when he gets to talking about, you know, when he worked for Lucasfilm or when he worked for Warner brothers, you know, he has these amazing stories. So yeah, it's exactly it. You find, you, you know, you find something that tickles your interest and you stick with it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just really, really great to listen to your Hanna-Barbera comment made me think of a joke that was from the Charlie Sheen roast that I can't remember. But I remember that it really made me laugh. So you're welcome, listeners. There you go. Check out the the Charlie Sheen roast because there was some kind of a Hannah Barbera joke in there. It was something like Charlie Sheen needs a Barbera to get him in line because whenever Hannah thought he was bigger than Yogi Bear, Barbera would bitch slap him. <laughs> it, it, it was something like that. The Charlie Sheen roast was actually really funny. Uh, I will say that a bunch of the comedians, I have no idea who they were. Right. Uh, but Shatner was hilarious. Shatner's um, always hilarious. Yeah, uh, did you see the? Did you see the whole thing? I didn't watch it. No, no. Ch- Chatter was great. Um, who else was on there? Uh, John Lovitz was there. Right. Um, I feel like they either really edited it down or didn't give Lovitz much time. Um, and considering he seems to be really good friends with Charlie Sheen, uh, it was kind of I was disappointed because he's really funny even on Hollywood. Long when he fills in. Right. He's a really funny guy. It didn't seem like they gave him much time. Um, but no, the Charlie Sheen roast is really funny, and I will say it looked like Charlie Sheen took it like a champ. That's good. Because, I mean, he's been going around the world saying that he's the the Vatican assassin, right? Yeah. You can't get mad when people make fun of you for that. Exactly. So you have to kind of go roll with the punches. No, it was really, really funny. And uh, that was just another random sidetrack for us, of course. <laughs> it's fine. 
Yeah, I didn't have much to say about the Joe Rogan Steve Jobs thing. I was just I think I was just mentioning that I, I respected the fact that he was like, I have an iPhone in my pocket. I love Apple, but there's also this side of the whole Steve Jobs thing. That right. was basically, you know, that was basically my thought pattern there. Excuse me. I, I'm sorry then that I let my uh <laughs> I let myself get a little uh, uh righteous there. That's a no, no, that's all right. You were doing your nomad. Bad. <laughs> no, because I mean the thing is, yeah, you do have to realize that there are you know, there are two sides to every coin. Absolutely, and you know, for me, we just talk about how much I love Apple and I love the iPhone, and we both love Apple. We both love iTunes. That's that's basically you know. Yeah, because yeah, well, so I know for, for me the thing that's the most important thing. Uh, you know, I and this is kind of a, a dick thing because you know you do realize that you know, you look at pretty you can look around your house and realize that you know most of the things that you're you know, and we all kind of know this most of the things in our house were were built in unfortunate situations you know that you know probably like the ballpoint pen you have in your in your pocket was probably you know create it was probably constructed by some like asian six-year-old who's forced to work in a factory i mean we all know this and we all hate it but you know we feel kind of powerless to do anything about it well um, i mean even look at food unless you're unless you're a vegan something had to die to feed you exactly and if you're like me you eat a lot of times a day so how many animals innocent animals so have you know have to die so that we can eat Right. Well, I, mean, I don't want I don't want to compare the people that are working in the Apple factories to cattle. That's not what I'm saying because I don't want to get in trouble on this podcast again. I'm just putting it out there that like you said, everything in our world has a dark side to it and there's some things that we just learn to live with and accept. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and uh so you know, much like uh I'll make the connection, much like the fact that you don't like to think about the fact that if you have like a turkey sandwich with bacon on it, that that's two two dead animals in one sandwich. That's uh, true, and I, I love a turkey sandwich with bacon on it too, bro. You know, but I, but I also uh, you know I don't really I also know that you know one of the reasons that I like my Macintosh computer is because you know when I use it, it makes sense. And you're like okay, so I recently had uh, I was over at my I was in Mississippi. I was visiting my friend Jason, and I, I was trying to get something off of a, a thumb drive, a USB drive. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, just trying to find it on a Windows computer was killing me because, you know, you plug it into the USB port and then it turns it into another hard drive and you have to figure out what letter it put it under. Yeah, and it's yeah. just this big pain in the ass. When I put a USB drive onto my Mac, it an icon pops up on the screen that you can name the hard drive. All my hard drives are named after comic booky stuff. But, you know, you put it in, you go, oh, it's right there. And you click on it, it opens, and you can drag whatever it is off of, out of the, uh, out of the USB drive and put it right on your desktop. Mm-hmm. I like my Mac. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. I love, the, I love the technology allows us to do all that. Yeah. I just, I, as I have gone, you know, because it's been the last Windows operating system I used was 98. And so between 98 and now, I, I can't even understand Windows anymore. It doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't make sense to me either, and I've always used it. So <laughs> there you go, fucking Windows. My laptop, by the way, is completely cooked. Oh no! The other the other day, I was attempting to record a thirty second song, which was the intro for this very episode. Uh, I was trying to stream it off of YouTube and record it through Adobe Audition, the program that I use. Thirty second song. Every single time, it got to eighteen seconds, and uh, the laptop went. And the only way to get to stop would be to pull the battery, not turn it off. It wouldn't power off. I literally had to pull the battery. Oh, no. This happened five times consecutively. 
So now you're over there with no computer, no nothing? Well, I can use the computer. I mean, I just can't really do anything big on it. I mean, last time, uh, essentially, for those of you not in the loop, Tech Minute, uh, JJ records on his side and sends me essentially an MP3 file of our conversation. So then I add music in the beginning and the end of that. And uh, generally, that would just take me a few minutes, you know, drag and drop, slide the music, adjust a few volumes. The last episode that we did took me two and a half hours. Oh, my. Because the computer kept freezing, lagging, chug, 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 freeze, lag, chug, chug. When we had the moment where uh, we had to remove somebody's last name, yeah, it took me so long because it would be I would go to zoom in, it would freeze. Go to zoom in, it would freeze, and it was just so frustrating. And I mean, I wish I could do audio editing on the iPhone. I'm sure that's coming at some point. Like right. I've had some four track recorders, but they're just not they're not great, and they're not great for files that are over like an hour. But this laptop's cooked. It's finished. Like it needs to be. I need to pick up a new computer fairly soon. Um, but it's just oh, it's so frustrating. But it's a Windows device. It's not designed for audio and video. If I had a Mac, I wouldn't be having this problem. Right. Yeah, I, I I'm a two Mac household. I have my desktop and my laptop. <laughs> yeah, which is what I had like when I was in Canada. I had a desktop computer that uh, was an older model. But I mean, uh, when we started the podcast, I essentially reformatted it wiped it and started all over again i didn't even connect it to the internet i kept that desktop strictly for the podcast so i never had a problem with recording i never had a problem with lagging because there was nothing else on the computer unfortunately now this one is my personal computer so i have to use it for other things like legally acquiring you know movies and tv shows for me to watch right Uh, i've watched a few entire seasons of survivor (laughs) (laughs) I've watched a whole. I watched a whole bunch of Big Bang Theory. I mean, I've now started watching. Like, I've downloaded a bunch of the tattoo shows. So I get some inspiration, some ideas from those things. Uh, but you got to see that fucking Kat Von D chick, man. She just she's. If I've ever seen a woman that needs to get punched in the face, that's one. Yeah, no, I don't watch that one. I watch Inked, which is okay. the Hart and Huntington show, uh, which is a, a tattoo shop in Vegas. Uh, which was actually the intro song of this week's episode. Oh, cool. Uh, and I did. I downloaded the first season of, of Miami Inc., which is where Kat Von D came from. But at this point, she's just like a new artist and like an apprentice. So I will not be watching the Ellie Inc., which is her own show. Okay. No, sir. Well, to be fair, uh, I don't support. I don't support punching women in the mouth. However, I will say now that she's about to get married to Jesse James, it'll happen. <laughs> she's she's got to come into her. Right? He's going to punch her in the face at some point. Yeah, you're getting married to a Nazi sympathizer who cheated on Sandra Bullock. You have no chance, Kat Von D. Yeah, he couldn't even you know keep it in his pants long enough just to ride that money train. Jesus Christ! I know you stupid fuck. But uh, it was entertaining because on one of the one of those shows I was watching, there was an Italian gentleman that wanted to get. I think it was the maybe it was for the word believe in Italian down his arm. So when the artist said to him, because he brought it in, the artist said, hey, have you checked the spelling on this? And the guy basically got offended and said, hey, man, I'm Italian. Oh, no. So he he tattooed it on his arm, and the guy looks at the tattoo, and he says, oh, fuck. And they had essentially reversed an E and an R. (laughs) So then he starts trying to blame the artist, and the artist is like, bro, I asked you if you spelled it right. So luckily the artist was able to, because they wrote it in really funky, like, block lettering. He was able to actually just redesign the E to look like an R and the R to look like an E or whatever it was. Um, but I just thought it was so funny that he was so offended that the guy said, hey, man, is this spelled correctly? <laughs> and then it turned out that it wasn't. And I was like, you stupid fuck. Face palm, face palm. 
Oh, and I, I, I have to admit that is something that I do get a, a real kick out of sometimes is just going on those, those kicks of looking at like bad tattoo websites. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I've been doing a lot of looking at tattoos lately because like, you know, I'm working on getting my sleeves. I want to see art that I like and art that I don't like. And it's really funny to see people that have these really stupid tattoos. Yeah, I saw this one, uh, this guy tattooed all over his back. It was a drawing that his kid did. Mm-hmm. And it looked like a drawing that a three-year-old did. Oh, no. <laughs> it just, it looked like a really, you know, your first thought is it's just a really bad tattoo. But then he held it up next to the picture, and it was exactly the same. But you're just like, what the, f- why would you put bad art all over your back? Yeah, because now it's going to be your kid's wedding day as a grown man, and you're going to be like, hey, what's that on your dad's back? Yeah, I drew that when I was three. Yeah, exactly. And it would be even funnier if the kid grows up to be like a serious artist. <laughs> and he's like, dad, God damn it. Of all the things that I've drawn in my life, that's what, yeah. Because you know, your, t- your kid <laughs> grows up to be fucking like Salvador Dali, you know, really yeah. iconic stuff. And you're like, and that's what you've got on your fucking back. Dad, you're embarrassing me. Can't it's we- the same as like people that get portraits of their children on their arms and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, oh, look, that's what you looked like when you were three. You know, maybe you should get the name or something else meaningful, not the face of them that they're only going to look like for a year or two. Exactly. And that's what, that's what pictures are for, you know? Exactly. Come exactly. on. That being said, I would love to have the DeLorean from Back to the Future tattooed somewhere in my sleeve. <laughs> or you can just get the D, uh, the DMC put on the, on the, on the front. You just have the – because it's a shitty car. I mean, I didn't realize – It's true. It's not saying. a pretty car. You're right. And they, they were bad. I mean, they barely ran – uh, yeah. But if, you know, get the logo; it'll remind you of it. Or you just get the words "out of time" tattooed on it. Yeah, maybe the license plate. Yeah, or like, or just a flux capacitor. Or just have a line, uh, two lines of fire going into some other image. Exactly, <laughs> because I mean, I said before, I'm not the kind of guy to take my shirt off, so I'm not going to be the kind of guy to wear a sleeveless shirt just because I have sleeves. Like they're not going to be on my arms for other people to see all the time. They're going to be for me. Right. And if somebody happens to know it's there and happens to ask me about it, then sure. But I'm even the one that I have on my forearm that's for my grandfather. I don't expose it all the time. It's not for other people. It's for me. Right. So it's not like I'm going to have to go around explaining all the time. Hey, man, is that the flux capacitor from Back to the Future? Hey, man, is that is that guardian angel alien holding a lightsaber? And is that the Mars Needs podcast logo? <laughs> I would love for somebody to ask that. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be you when we eventually meet. Exactly. Hey, um, man, is that the Mars Needs podcast logo? No, it's just an interpretation <laughs> of it. Still, I love it. Can I fuck your tattoo? Um, <laughs> but uh, it's not it's not gay, man. It's just the tattoo. That's fair. That's fair. I just want to rub it on the surface. Um, yeah. Let's maybe we. Uh, well, what are we? What are we running out for time here? Uh, we're at one fifteen. Nice. Okay, so we're, we could finish, if you like, with a dirty joke that somebody at work told me today. Go for it. Because uh, essentially I introduced uh, the people that I work with, uh, some of whom are listening. So I'd like to say thanks a lot, guys. And I am enjoying your company at work. You're all very nice people, except for you, Charlotte. You're a whore. Fuck you, Charlotte. Boosh. Um, she's going to totally hit me when she hears this now. Hit him hard. Hit him <laughs> hard. Uh, what'd you say? Hit him hard. Aw, JJ. Now I'm not going to let you fuck my tattoo. Aw, okay. Yeah, Don't see, hit him that hard. Thank you. Um, so basically what he said was, he, he asked, because I introduced them to the gypsy cabbage. Right. I decided to explain to them what the gypsy cabbage was, and I posted on Weller's wall today, hey man, now you're a hero in Wales too. Because I introduced it to four different people and got four different high fives. <laughs> 
So basically, then they uh, he uh, I for those of you who don't know, the Gypsy Cabbage was introduced on Misinformation Podcast. Was the episode called Gypsy Cabbage? That actually is before I listened, so I don't yeah. I don't remember. Well, I'm not going to describe it. What you should do is you should email Zach and the boys at Misinformation and ask them to describe the Gypsy Cabbage because they love those kinds of questions. And make sure but that anyway. you you found their podcast through Legend in My Spare Time. That's correct. And uh, basically, it's a really foul sex move including, in, involving uh, Nicolas Cage. Uh, so I described it to them, and he said, I'll counter that with the werewolf. Now, have you ever heard of the werewolf? I have not heard of the werewolf. Okay, so basically what happens is it can be guy on guy, girl on guy. It doesn't really matter. Um, essentially, before you engage in any sexual activity, you have to shave your pubes, okay? Okay. You set your pubes as- can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> Set your pubes aside. <laughs> I can kind of see where this is going, but yeah. Yeah, you can. So then once you finish and you, you, you make your mess in the face of your partner, you then pick up the pubes and throw them in their face. They will stick to their face, thus creating the werewolf. Beautiful. That's, that's yes. ab- absolutely beautiful. You, you kind of wonder sometimes exactly where you know none of this has ever been tried ever i believe all of that i i don't i i don't believe that people are out there you know actually giving other people dirty sanchez's and stuff oh but it's so nice to just pretend that they are isn't it but the fact yeah but the fact that like that you know you're able to say you know the werewolf and dirty sanchez and stuff that people just know what you're saying we are we're an odd odd culture we really are, because just this evening, I got a text message from a coworker that said, I just opened my closet and saw a cabbage. You've ruined that for me, Matt Lees. <laughs> and yes, I have. And technically, well, I ruined it for them, not me. Yes. I actually purposely never gone back to hear that just because I've heard the reactions to it so often that I actually don't ever really want to know what the Gypsy Cabbage is. Oh, you still don't know? No, I purposely have avoided it. So I can't tell you that. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't because you're a big man and you'll hurt me. Well, no, because you've already told people we're recording at the moment. So you don't want to tell me because you want people to go back and listen to misinformation. That's true. I want them to go look it up. And plus, it's very hard to describe. All right. Unless you're a big Nicolas Cage fan. I'll just leave it at that. And quite frankly, you really should hear it come from Weller because it's his it's his his creation. It is his creation. It, it, it's a creation that can only come from a man whose grandfather invented the pile driver. There you go. <laughs> so let's just leave it at that. Weller is a fantastic American and one hell of a man. Yep. So I hope he says, yep, all, yep. So a good one. Yep. yep. And if you want to hear more of Weller, then you have to go back and check the emergency broadcast episodes from a dirty hotel room where Weller and I lived together for a while. Basically, that's it. Any closing words this week? JJ Hawkins of Mars Needs Podcast at the website of doom.com. Wow. Nice plugging. Uh, no, just uh, everybody, thank you so much for uh, for sticking with me and Matt for the last couple of weeks. This has been fun. Absolutely. It has been fun. You're a, you're a gentleman, and I appreciate it. And also, uh, listen to Mars Needs Podcast, because your last episode with Jason actually made me laugh. I like Angry JJ. <laughs> actually made you laugh. Thank you. I didn't mean it that way. Just okay, kidding. It's not, that's, that's not how I meant it to cut. You yeah. want to fight? I'll fight you right now. Da, 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 da. No, we'll have to go all like, you know, Kirk battle style. Of course, I no, guess I, a, I enjoy your episodes with uh, Jason. I think Jason's a really funny guy. Yeah, that's why he's been my best friend since seventh grade. He is a very funny guy. Absolutely. So anytime you want, you tell him I love him. Okay. Anytime at random, and uh, that also goes for your other co-host, David. Yes. 
I didn't do the full name because he doesn't deserve it because I haven't heard him in a while. Yeah, well, to be fair, I was supposed to record with him recently, and we just didn't because I got really sick. That's true. I, 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 that's true. That's fair. Oh, that reminds me. We did get a, a listener email from uh, a lady named Audrey who's a new listener. Okay. And uh, she said um, – I wish I had the email in front of me. She basically said that the show is really funny sometimes <laughs> and that other times it's just an in- – uh, it feels like sort of an inside joke. So maybe some more backstory, maybe some more background on your friends and the people that you're discussing with. Uh, not to say that we need that with you because you've been on quite a few times. Uh, but it was very nice of Audrey to uh, email. Uh, I replied to her email, and we actually emailed back and forth quite a few times. Oh, nice. Uh, it turned out that her boyfriend introduced her to the podcast. Um, the relationship then fizzled, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I, I'm totally outing her dirty laundry here, but that's okay because there is dirty laundry all the time on Legend of My Spare Time. That's true. Um, and she essentially said that the show to her got really interesting once everything went down with me and once I left Canada because she could sort of uh, she could sort of associate and feel what I was feeling, sort of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and also to be fair, uh, well, I don't not necessarily to be fair, but the thing is also once once you left Canada, it it broke up your format. Because right. I know that we, we, as people who do this every week, we do kind of find our rhythm. And, and so you have to find something sometimes to get out of your rut. And I agree. I think that, you know, not necessarily the ones I've been on because I haven't listened to them because I've been talking on them. But the uh, I've downloaded them, though, to keep your numbers up because I'm a friend. Uh, but uh, Thank you. <laughs> but the – but. You know the the ones that's part of why I I wanted to come back to you and tell you that we had to get these going again because they were incredibly compelling because you weren't just talking about wrestling and and work and stuff anymore you were talking about you know life and it was really interesting. Well, I appreciate it. I'm glad that people are still listening and uh, thanks to Audrey and all the listeners for being in contact with me. And uh, if you want to support independent podcasts like Mars Need Podcast and Legend in My Spare Time, it's not enough to just listen. We also need you to write a review on iTunes or to rate us on iTunes because that's how we get exposure. Isn't that right, JJ? Yes. Yeah, last I looked, uh, you you in the United States iTunes anyway only had two reviews, and that's fucking disgusting. And wasn't one of them really mean? Uh, I don't think so. One of them's me. I know that. Oh, I know there's one on one of the iTunes store that basically finishes with, I'm going to keep listening even though you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh, wow. No, that's terrible. Yeah, I, it, was, it, it was one talking about music, and it said, uh, it's not enough to say that you just hate a band. You have to, you have to be educated and explain yourself. Oh, wow. I wonder if that's iTunes Canada, because I didn't see if you guys, I didn't look at your reviews in Canada. I just looked in the United yeah. States. Yeah, who knows? But he definitely finished with, I'll listen again even though you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I admit my review, I was trying to, uh, to bust Dave K's balls a little bit back in the early days when he was just talking about not liking the Beatles. But Yeah, I don't know if it was yours. It was very harsh. No, yeah, no, mine wasn't that harsh. Uh, mine's titled "Dave K was wrong about the Beatles." Oh yeah, no, that one I remember. This one's not entitled <laughs> that. This one's something like they don't know what they're talking about, yeah. which is awesome because as long as you're listening and as long as you're reviewing and as long as you don't put like a one star review, don't be a cunt. But uh, I'm cool with it, man. Write whatever you want. Give us like three stars. You know what I mean? Give us what you feel we deserve, but don't give us one star. Yeah, I'd rather you not write a review than give me one star. Yeah, you've got better things to do than give one star reviews. I mean, don't don't be that person. I mean, that's the, the lesson that the internet needs to learn anyway. Is to just if you don't like something, back off. That's right, because the internet, like we said, there are millions and millions of other podcasts. So just move along. These are not the droids you're looking for. Move along. Move, move along. along. What a, what better way to end? Do you want to you want a QAK? Hey, AK, give us the retard scream. Legend in my spare time, motherfucker.
Society! 